Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact information out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read your comments out on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. That's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website, which is firearmscafe.com, so please go there and click on these buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. They are all free. If you would like to support the show financially, at the website there is an Amazon search box. If you use it, Amazon will give me a finder's fee on any products that you buy at no additional cost to you. I also have a donate button through PayPal. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. Hey everybody, today is Sunday, it's the 14th of September, 2014. Well, it has been about a month since I've been able to put out a show. And actually, what's wild is I've had some content that I've been that I've gotten, but I haven't been able to get around to edit it and to basically put all the files together, all the sound files, and then get it uploaded to you guys. So that's kind of what's going on today. Um, this was a conversation that took place a couple of weeks ago, I think at least a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and it's with Ken. Uh, many of you guys will know Ken from Modern Rifleman Radio and also from uh, the Rimfire podcast. And it started out, I had uh, I was trying to figure out how to um, get other people on the show to be able to do interviews and stuff. And so I was trying to figure out, well, you know, on the mixer, how do I do this and how do I get it to where... If it's going through the mixer, that somebody who's calling in either on Skype or, or you know, through basic, primarily through Skype. But uh, how do I get it to where not only can I hear them and they can hear me, but then I can also get it recorded? There is software out there that you can record with, you know, like on the computer. But a lot of times what happens is it gets a little bit of a delay. Um, you also don't have as much control and things like that. So anyway... He, I had uh, said, well, hey, let's just, you know, call me up and we'll do it through Skype and I'll see if I've got everything set up right. And we'll, uh, so we did some brainstorming and I finally got it all figured out. So while he and I were just talking and I was doing just basically a, a test recording to make sure stuff worked and it looked like things were working. So I was like, hey, why don't we just go ahead and do like a quick firearms cafe segment? And he was game for that. Uh, and what I thought was going to maybe be, you know, 10, 15 minute segment turned out to be about an almost an hour long. So what I will go ahead and do today is just play that conversation for you. Uh, we talked about uh, what we started off talking about was something that was in the news a few weeks ago where the little girl was at a shooting range and she actually shot and killed the instructor by, uh, of course, by accident. Uh, now that had happened when he and I were talking I think it was that had only maybe been four or five days old, if that. Uh, so I've, it gives you an idea of how long I've I've been kind of unable to sort of get in front of the the microphone here and in front of the computer to to edit everything and get it all set up. So we start off with that, then I think our conversation leads to some AK stuff and then into uh, some AR-15 stuff. So hope you guys enjoy it. Now I do have some feedback, and I also have like a voicemail. Uh, that got sent and what I am going to try to do. And I think I will have the time to do that this week, probably within the next couple of days is I will actually be able to record and hopefully put out a show and I'm going to make any promises, but I'm, if everything lines up, I'm hoping to be able to do that within the next maybe two, three days. So hopefully have something out maybe by Wednesday. Uh, but I do have some good feedback and, uh, I, I, since this show or what we're going to, the conversation that Ken and I had, like I said, is about an hour long. I don't really want to tack on the feedback either in front of it or behind it. I just think it'll make for a little bit too long of a show. 
So, all right, I will go. Oh, and also, um, kind of since we were having a conversation and I just said, well, hey, why don't we just go ahead and do this? We kind of pick up, not necessarily mid-conversation, but um, you can kind of tell, I think, that, that that we had been talking before. So, anyway, hope you guys enjoy this. And um, I will. I won't come back at the end. So I will talk to you guys next time. Take care. Hey, I wanted to, one of the things... I wanted to talk to you about was, did you see in the news recently about that kid, um, the nine year old girl that yes, uh, accidentally the, shot and killed the, uh, the instructor Her instructor. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read a whole lot about it yet, but I'm, I'm just kind of aware of some of the basic details. Yeah. I looked, you know, Grant I put up a post about it and, or like a blog post, you know, yeah. and so it was, couple other instructors saying basically you know you really shouldn't hand fully automatic weapons to kids yeah i mean i haven't i I saw a couple of things but i haven't really um seen anything like from major i I don't know if major people would be the right way but like you know like some of the instructors and stuff like that you know of course i saw when i saw the video it was just, you know, people being dicks and all this other kind of stuff, um, you know, and kind of making... What's the video from? I guess maybe the dad or something was oh. like, you know, had a was doing like a cell phone video. And so I watched the video. Of course, the video doesn't show the, the death. And this was video that I guess the... Um, and this is all just supposition on my part, but... I think that was the cell phone video that the dad or somebody there had given to, uh, I think it's maybe the sheriff's office down there. And then they recently yeah. released it. And that's why it, it's kind of been online and stuff like that. Got it. So have you watched the video at all? No, I haven't. Basically, <clears throat> and we'll, we'll kind of come back to it here a little bit later, but basically what happens is you see kind of them. Um, it's like you were standing behind them. So that's kind of your view. And you see gotcha. her, and then he is standing off to uh, basically her left. And he's, you know, he, he gives her the, she has the gun, and then he has her shoot once, you know, pew! And, but it's not on full auto or anything like that. And he's like, oh, how did you like it? And blah, blah, blah. And then he says, okay, let's, you can hear him say, let's go full auto. And he gives it to, and, and she's the whole time she's still holding the gun. He's still off to her left and a little bit to the side of her. Um, he's not like up in front, but he's um, he's right beside her. And then, so I, I guess he gives her the signal or whatever. And then she pulls the trigger. And then you see the gun start to track left. And then that's mm. where, and that's where it's cut off. So I don't know if the actual... Uh, impact for lack of a better term was caught on on the cell phone video or not but um, you can tell from when I was watching it you can tell from her body language that she doesn't have a lot of experience with guns because she's a little stiff mm-hmm. um, and you know I've got a nine-year-old daughter so I you, you can tell when they're kind of comfortable and when they're not and you can tell that she's not like um like really afraid. It's just sort of, she's nervous a little bit. Uh, right. But of course, you know, this is, isn't the first time this happened. In fact, the, the, there was another thing at a machine gun shoot. What was it? Two or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was trying to remember that earlier this morning and yeah. And I think I that was the one the where it got away from the kid <clears throat> and I don't, I don't, I have no idea how it happened but it basically it killed the kid in that one from my understanding from, right, from what i remember that's right um and it was the because same it, thing he was like eight or nine years old something like that but uh, just wanted to kind of get i mean i have kind of my take on it but i kind of wanted to get your take and, and get somebody else's opinion and kind of see what they thought 
I, I just think it's a judgment and error of the, you know, sort of failure on the part of the adults around her, including the instructor. Yeah. In that, you know, she was capable of handling that type of weapon on, on, uh, on automatic. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, I don't think kids that size, male or female, really have the the body weight in like you say they're not that experienced so they're not even yeah. really sure how to handle recoil and I, hell i have to admit when uh when i fought or <clears throat> excuse me when i shot a uh cz58 on full auto which is similar to an ak but yeah. it has you know that different action yeah I was shocked, <laughs> you know, like, cause I had a, the only other weapons I had really fired on or like a sh- shoulder fired weapon, you know, that you pick up fire from the shoulder, you know, was an M16 was the only one I'd ever, and those are on three round bursts. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the AR family, M16 family, they just, they basically have no recoil to speak of for you know, anybody over a hundred pounds. Yeah. Basically for, yeah, for, especially for an adult. So, yeah. Uh, but that CZ 58 sort of shocked me. And I felt like as I, you know, pulled off a a good string of rounds, I felt like it went to the muzzle went to the sky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, on the video, it doesn't really look that bad. I basically, you know, it looks like I barely like lean back, but, uh, and I'm a lighter guy at like, you know, 125. Yeah. Hanging yeah. like, and then granted, a nine millimeter is not going to recoil as much, but it's more like a pistol. It's short. So I just, I, I have to agree with others that are, you know, kind of, you know, we're all sort of Monday morning quarterbacking this. But, yeah. Yeah. Hindsight's uh, always um, going to be 2020. Yeah. I just don't think that it's good to handle or to hand that sort of a weapon to somebody who doesn't have the body weight or experience to handle that type of thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, maybe if, uh, maybe if she had been in the prone position now, granted, I didn't see the video, so I don't know what, what position she was in. I'm assuming standing or kneeling or something. Yeah, she's just standing there. She's just standing there. And then he, and she's not, you know, like a, uh, I mean, she's just a typical, you know, little girl. She, you know, kind of looks like my little girl, just like, you know, kind of petite and skinny and, and, uh, right. A nine year old boys really aren't a whole lot different. Yeah. Body shape at that age. Yeah. And even if you have a big, a big kid, they're still not going to be, they're still not going to be that big. But my kind of my thoughts on it were, and especially since something like this had occurred before, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's that she, and again, it gets that, you know, it's the Monday morning quarterback thing, but you know, you really should either he should have been holding on to it as well, like kind of been behind her and like sure. almost like, you know, going to give her like kind of a hug from behind and then mm-hmm. got his hand up on the, uh, the kind of the fore end of the, of the gun so that it can't really go anywhere. And then kind of, kind of get his hand down on the lower part of the pistol grip to sure. where it's, you know, he actually has control of it. And then all she's doing is just pulling the trigger. And then if it kind of gets away, it doesn't really matter because he's sort of directly behind and he's actually going to be the one that's going to control all that stuff. And right. Um, right. but you know, it's, it's one of those things where I feel it was kind of a, kind of, a, it was a deal where it was kind of avoidable to where the whole thing didn't necessarily have to happen. Um, and, and, you know, maybe like I said, you could, I could kind of tell a little bit from the, her body language, when you're looking at her from behind and how he's talking to her and all this other stuff that you can tell she doesn't have a lot or it seems I should say it, that she doesn't have a lot of experience with it. So at that point, maybe you want to say, you know what, what we'll do is we'll do maybe three rounds in the magazine and I'll kind of hold on to it. And then you can try it on full auto and then it'll be out and gone. 
Right. Um, right. So that if it does start to climb or get away, the rounds are will have exited so fast that and it's, and if he's got control of it, you know, too. Um, right. But you know, when my when I was teaching my daughter to shoot, um, we were just using a you know that a little Ruger. Uh, what if I have got a Mark II um, pistol? And what I that's what I did. I got basically behind her, and then of course the gun was supported on an old ammo can, and I had a towel over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I've got a video up on on my YouTube channel of her doing it. Um, but I'm I'm kind of behind her and over her, and with my right hand, I've got my hand on the underneath part of the of the pistol grip. So even if she were to try and move or do something like that, I've got control of the of the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, I know people are they want to get their kids involved in stuff, and you should. But it's it's you kind of go back to the you know the for safety rules and the thing of making sure that you know you've got control of it at all times. And and uh, I know that's you know having control of it's not necessarily one of the safety rules, but especially if you're having first time shooters, you really got to be on the ball with them and making sure, sure that, you know, that they're not going to turn around when you talk to them and, you know, muzzle everybody and that type of well, stuff. But And you keyed in on something, you know, what, what some instructors will do or even I'm kind of th- even throwing, you know, parent child into that kind of uh, arena. Yeah. Uh, is, you know, those you know, maybe the first half of the day or, you know, the rain session or whatever, they're single loading. Even if it's a magazine fed semi-automatic weapon, they'll just single feed, you know, put one round in the magazine. Yeah. Yeah. For, and that's for a child. Yeah. And that's what Where, we were. Yeah. That's what we did too. At first we just did. And I had her load the magazine. I showed her how to do it and had her load it and then load the gun and we did a bunch of stuff, you know, dry first with nothing in the gun. Um, but that's what we did. It was just one magazine. I mean, excuse me. It was just one round in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you you dramatically lessen the chance of anything going wrong. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, graduating people up, whether they're children or adults, you know, people with no experience, I think graduating their with their level of experience. I mean, and that can be, you know, minute to minute Yeah, is really helpful. You yeah. know, and it, it sounds like this was a big part of the error in judgment in this incident, you know, is that she went from shooting the weapon a couple times, single shot or once single shot to, uh, to all of a sudden just, you know, being able to, rip off a whole magazine. Yeah. And I, and again, I don't know how, how many rounds were left in the magazine, but when you watch the video, you can tell when she like pulls the trigger and then that gun, it's like, you know, it's like somebody, if you had an invisible person out there that grabbed the barrel that was standing Mm -hmm. in front and then just yanked it to the left. I mean, it just went like, Mm. it just kind of basically turned in her, in her hand. Um, and again, you know, little kid, she's not going to have the strength to sure. hold that or anything. And I'd even thought, you know, if you were, you know, it's a tragic accident and everything, but I, I wouldn't, you know, say like, oh, there's got to be a law, you know, where, you know, kids can't shoot anymore, can't shoot full auto or blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I even thought even if you had the gun, um, if you wanted kids to fire it or somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience, even if you had set up like almost on a, I can see it in my mind. It's going to be kind of hard to explain it, but like, let's say if you had a bench and then in that bench, you could, you could basically rest the gun and then the, the barrel of the gun or the, the front of the gun kind of goes through, um, almost like a little hole or something to where Got it. you, if there's rise or if it goes, if there's going to be like a, like a ring out front. Sure. And so it, it, the gun is kind of trapped in it that way. And I don't think that would be too hard to rig something like that up, but you know. no. And even like, as you were starting to talk about that, I was thinking like, you know, there are, I don't know that it would work with, you know, a real wide variety of weapons, but 
there are those gun vices that people use to zero in their rifles. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you could. That would, yeah, that would probably work even better because you could do something to where you could make it to where it's adjustable, and 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 mm -hmm. especially if you're doing. Because the thing is, you know, if you're doing something like that, like if you're going, if you're at a machine gun shoot or something like that, you you can have it set up for your, you know, two or three specific guns that you are, have that were people that were going to shoot. Especially, and even if you said, well, for adults, you don't have to do it, but especially for kids, you want to mm -hmm. make it to where it's pretty much idiot proof. Right. So, right. well, anyway, just kind of wanted to, you know, I kind of had my thoughts on it and I thought, well, I'd like to get somebody else's thoughts on it too. Hey, I saw a thing kind of changing subjects and I can't remember if you have an AK or not. I do. Okay. There was uh, this there was this thing that I saw from um oh what's his name? Uh Colion Noir. Anyway, oh, yeah, yeah. he uh -huh. he did a uh he did a thing on you on YouTube where he was reviewing Parabellum Arms what do they call it? Uh ratcheting thing. Um anyway, what it does Is it the top top rail? Well, they have a bunch of they have a bunch of stuff for the AKs. Okay. Um, and what they have is uh, let's see if I I don't know if I saved them or not, but anyway, um, they have one of it that's a that's a top rail, and what it does is it replaces your dust cover with one of theirs, and then you pop out your front sight, and right. then. Click. It hinges from there. Yeah, it hinges from there. So uh, it probably locks down. Wait, does it just lock down to the recoil spring, or yeah. does it have an extra piece that goes to the uh, buttstock screw? No. It what it does is it it uses your back dust cover. Um, okay, so it's just a dust cover replacement that latches where the recoil spring kind of comes through. Okay. That, Cause that's what holds down the normal top cover, the dust cover. Yeah. The, so where, where that recoil spring and, and it's got that, basically that button that pops through your dust cover. Exactly. So yeah. it's basically they give you their dust cover and what it has is on the back, on the top back of the dust cover is basically a piece that, um, sits on top of there and it's got these little prongs and then that that picatinny rail fits into those prongs and then okay. you can adjust it for your particular ak and then you can lock tight the screws down and there's a pin that you can put in i think that keeps that from moving okay. um i think their thing is called parabellum arms anyway they've got that top rail thing and then they also have a, they call it a ratcheting charging system, which I saw a guy on YouTube a couple of years ago who was coming up with this. And Ooh. it turns out that it's that dude, it's that guy. And he got with Parabellum, excuse me, Parabellum Arms. And they have a bunch of stuff for the AK to try and kind of modernize it. They've got a um, their ratcheting charging system. And the way that it works is it replaces your gas system and it's got a, a clamp that you'll put on the piston and on so on the left hand side of that gas system like some of the old um, hks you know they have that thing that you pull it back and then oh, it goes up oh yeah yeah i know what you're talking about and then you can just smack it with your hand and what it right, does right. is it's non-reciprocating i guess um so if, if you're a right-handed shooter and you wanted to keep your hand on the pistol grip and you're going to do maybe a reload or something like that or you need to, to run the bolt back, you can reach up with your left hand, pull it back, and you can actually, because it kind of rotates up into a, a cutout in the gas tube on the back, mm -hmm. you, can lock it, you can lock it open. Uh, right. And if you right. left, as long as you left your... Uh, the charging handle on the right side, you could still run it both ways. But it seems like it's kind of a neat system. And I know some people would say, well, you know, is it kind of a a solution looking for a problem? But I thought it was kind of neat. I thought it was a, um, 
Oh, an interesting, I don't know, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an interesting add-on mm-hmm. uh, that, you, that you've got. And then because of the way that it runs, it's a little bit more open. They've cut some slots in the bottom of the gas tube, so it helps to dissipate the heat and it helps to um, do this stuff. And supposedly it doesn't do any, it doesn't um, affect like the cycling. It doesn't, so that you've, you've still got you know, enough gas pressure and everything to have it run the, the bolt reliable, uh, reliably. So it doesn't affect any of that, but I had thought about kind of getting it, but it's like $160 or something for it. Gotcha. Uh-huh. And, um, the, the, I think it's called the trunnion. Basically the, the thing where your, your, your original front sight would sit or not your front yep. sight, your rear sight, excuse me. On some of them, you have to go in there with like a Dremel and kind of hog out a little bit of that because there's a lip on the inside on certain AKs. Like I don't think the um, the Romanians and some of the others have it, but I think some of the other ones do where you would have to go in and do it because it kind of, as it goes back, it kind of impedes that um, that clamp thing or whatever that you put onto it mm. goes back and does it. But they've got, um, they've also got a, like I was saying that they call it their AK adaptive rail. Um, and that's about 130 bucks too. Uh, and then they have their, their lower thing, um, which gives you kind of like a key mod thing for the lower part. Oh, right. You know, for uh-huh. your, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the handrail, the, the handrail. handrail. Yeah. The handrail on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was kind of neat. I don't know how much weight it would add. Like if you actually did everything, but I thought like the the top rail that have given you the rail so you could mount optics to it would be pretty neat. And then I also I kind of didn't know like with the ratchet charging system if that would be eh, something that you would really use all that much. But I know since you're not looking at it, it's kind of hard to maybe make a lot of comments on it. But what's your kind of thoughts on something like that? You think it's gimmick or do you think it actually has a place? Uh both. Well, yeah. I think it's both. Uh, I think it's something that would be useful, especially if you're super used to using something with, you know, like an FAL or HK, yeah. things with the left-sided charging. You know, it's a kind of a more helpful transition in some senses. Or for right-handed shooters, it is kind of nice. Um, that you're, you have that available, but yeah, my, my questions are what's the added weight and, you know, for different versions, like I have basically my, my AK is actually an RPK, Mm. um, in, in its receiver and it's got the RPK front trunnion. So I'd probably have to do more extensive mods to my rifle. Um, but if it does help it run cooler to some degree, that that's kind of helpful. I think I would just have to really sit down and look at how many modifications I was going to have to make by hand or have a gunsmith do, um, and then how much weight it would add. Because that's another disadvantage I already have over other AK users is that my rifle is kind of a pig in that it's it's a 308 AK. Oh yeah, that's right cuz we shot it when you were out here that time. Yeah, yeah. And uh it's a little bit heavier. The receiver is 50% heavier alone because it's that much thicker and then the front trunnion's heavier and it has a heavy barrel. Yeah, yeah. And on something like that, I don't know. I mean, is the is the piston diameter is that going to be different? Too, mm. on that 308 version or is it the same because if if they've got yep. their their uh the way that it attaches is you've basically got a collar that kind of goes around and clamps on to the to the piston got it and then you just use their gas tube yeah and you're just using their gas tube and everything and they've got it to you know there's there's some adjustment in it and how you once you put it on how you screw it on and lock it on so kind of it would put you in mind a little bit of like the castle nut on your stock, like if you're going with a collapsible stock on an AR. Sure, sure. So it, it you you 
screw the one thing up and then you kind of twist this other deal and that kind of helps hold it in place. Um, but the one thing I thought would that I thought was really neat was the actual um, rail that they had. Um, so their adaptive rail for the top because I've watched a couple of YouTube videos and seen some people and it's, it makes sense um, what they're doing and how they've got it. It's basically held in place again on that uh, on the uh, the rear sight on that top of that trunnion, and uh-huh. then it has, like I said, on the on the very back of the dust cover, it's got uh, almost looks like a, like a little welded on tab, and then that tab has those two prongs, and then the rail um, slots into those into those prongs, and then you once you tighten it down and put it on, it's then adjusted basically to your rifle. Okay. Once you once you do all, and then that Ooh. way you can go ahead and put a, um, you can put like a you know an aim point or whatever you're going to put on there, and that way sure. you can use an optic or you could use like you know a regular, uh, a regular scope. Um, now they have they do have when I'm looking at their website now they call it the AK14, which has basically all their, it looks like it has all their adaptations on it. So you get um, an adjustable stock, you get their adaptive rail, you get their um, the bottom, the handguard, and you get the charging handle. But they're not giving it away. It's about uh, what is thirteen fifty. Oh, for minus the AK, hmm. minus the no. You get. I mean, that's everything. You get a complete oh, that's rifle. Everything. Yeah. That's actually not bad considering the price of AKs these days for a, a real quality AK is, has gone up. Yeah, that's true. I'm used to, I'm used to thinking of the prices when I bought mine. Right. Yeah. I had to kind of readjust my thinking yeah. the same way. Let me, uh, I'm actually going to search this real quick. Pira. Yeah. It's Parabellum Arms. Arms? Yeah. Parabellumarms.com. All right. I'm just going to go to the AK-14 first. Yeah. So that looks like the Pro Mag buttstock. It's a uh, I don't know what the bust I haven't looked that closely at the buttstock. Recoil pad and Archangel Archangel oh, opt for. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like it folds. Or maybe I'm seeing does. things. I'm pretty sure it does. Oh, I see the the RCS is the Charging handle. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Where you're describing it. So, yeah, the RCS looks, I mean, it's, um, that would be one thing that I might get like, you know, one day or something like that, just to kind of have it for, you know, sort of shits and giggles type thing. But, um, I did think it was kind of neat because it, what it did allow you to, to do is it gave you a bolt hold open. Um, right. I, that is handy. You know, so um, now it doesn't, from my understanding, it doesn't, um, it, it won't lock back because it's, I guess it's the, the little handle that you can grab onto doesn't reciprocate with it because they were, they were showing some guys shooting it and I was watching to see if that thing moved and it doesn't. That's kind of handy. Well, although you still have the other side reciprocating. Yeah. But I mean, if, if you, you know, if you really wanted to, I guess you could take your bolt out and you could, um, dremel it off, you could dremel it off and smooth yeah. it out and polish it out. I don't know why you would do it, but I guess if you really wanted to, you could, I mean, cause your hand's really not going to be up there. And then what it does is it gives you, as long as you kept it on there, it would give you you know, it would you would retain kind of the original. What do they? What do you guys call it? Manual of arms. Yeah. Like how you run it and stuff. But uh-huh. yeah, if you go to that adaptive rail, you can kind of see that little, I guess, button for lack of a better word, of the piece that sits on the top of the back of the back dust cover. Yep. Yep. On the AKR. Yeah. So I I don't know. I thought that stuff was kind of cool, and you, you see some people running it, and it looks pretty neat. You know, when you watch them doing the videos, but there's not a lot, um, and maybe because it's a little bit pricey, there's not a whole lot of people that I've seen 
that have them or talk about them. Mm. Yeah, uh, as far as this optic rail goes, you know, the only one I've really kind of researched is the Texas uh, weapon systems. Okay. Dogleg, which is really similar. Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of one of those things where it's, you know, you, you can only invent the wheel so many times. Sure. And, and, yeah. And for it to actually work, it's kind of like holsters. You know, I, I've, I kind of did my hand at sort of making some of my own. And pretty much what you find out is, you know, people will say, oh, that's a rip off design of such and such. And you're like, well, not really. If it's going to work and if it's going to work the way it's supposed to, there's only so many ways you can design it to where, right. it, to where it's going to work properly and right. function properly. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, I mean this, you know, about the only way you could do it to where I think it would keep zero once, you know, once you field strip it and stuff and bring it back is, is the kind of the way that they're doing it here. Mm-hmm. Um, either to where it goes into that gust, excuse me, dust cover like they've got, or it goes back down into your, that rear um, stock trunnion or the rear stock piece to where it would actually screw down into there to where it could, it could hold it. Right. Um, but what I like about their rail is that you can, you can take it off and on pretty easy. Um, Looks like it. So I may, right now they've got a price for about 130. So maybe in a couple of months or so, I'll see if I can, Maybe uh, get that system and put it on mine and kind of see what I think. But, uh, okay, so the thing is called the AK bar. Yeah, which is that bottom key, mat, key mod handguard thing. Well, and it has a top rail too. If you wanted to stick a, like an aim point or something out front. Yeah, yeah. On, yeah, on that one, you could, yeah, you could do something like that. And then I think if you use that, you wouldn't necessarily have to do. Um, although I think I can't remember if they said you have to use it. Okay. Yeah. It says it's designed to be used in conjunction with the RCS, which is that ratcheting handle okay. thing. Got it. So you would have to do that. So even though they say it's 230, you're really going to have to pay like 380 because yep. you're going to have to buy that other system. Yep. Um, otherwise I don't think it'll work. Um, but if you had the ratcheting thing and that, you know, like you're saying, you could easily put something like a red dot or something out front, out further out front to where if you didn't want to use their, their top rail thing. But that AK 14 at 1350 is not a bad deal. Well, yeah. And I tell you what, um, I was going to keep it on the down low, but I don't care. I don't care. You know, I've got that SIG right. uh, 556R. Yeah, and that's... And that that's, was... That's, to me, that's the AK perfected yeah. to some extent. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, if you if you just said, well, you know, I, I don't want to go with something like that, and I want to go with this, that would be real, real similar in price. And this sort of does a lot of the same stuff that that SIG... Uh, 556R does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it gives you a lot of the kind of the versatility and a lot of that different stuff. And it makes it a little bit, not as much, but it makes it a little bit more modular with what you can put on and, and take off and things like that. And since it's a, um, a regular just AK platform, and I don't, I'm not sure if they're using something like where they're actually getting their receiver from. If it's um, uh, like a U.S. made receiver. Because uh, on mine, I bought mine from a builder. And so some of my parts are Romanian. But then my actual oh, I see. my actual receiver is a U.S. receiver. Right. right. Um, that I think it's NOD or NOS or somebody. I can't remember who it is off the top of my NDS. head. NDS. Yeah. I, no. Is it NDS? Nope. Maybe that I don't. It doesn't matter. But anyway, it's you know it's it's uh, they're bent up to their exact specs and everything. So um, yeah, it would be a way to have to have that and still have 
you know, an actual AK, um, you know, because some people don't consider the 5.56R, the SIG, to be like, you know, a true AK, because there are, there are some differences. Oh, yeah, Um, they're, 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 you know, there are major, major differences, differences, so. But the action is essentially the same, it's just the fact that the receiver comes in two and. You know, I like it, and I, I tell you what, I've, um. I can't remember. Did you shoot that? Did I have it then when you were out? I did. Yeah, okay. I thought it shot softer than a regular AK for whatever reason. I don't know if maybe the design of it or how things kind of lined up on it, but I thought it shot pretty well. And I thought you you, you had less, at least for me, you had less perceived recoil or felt, you know, impulse when it was in, into, the, into the shoulder. Okay. Um but uh i'd have to compare it like side by side yeah yeah to say because i thought i thought it was kind of snappy yeah not not bad but kind of snappy yeah and if you and i guess for me you know comparing it to the ak that i've had for a number of years you know that i bought a long time ago and the ak that i have is nothing special it's just a standard ak Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing, it's just got the, the, uh, I guess they call it the NATO furniture on it, uh, which is just oh, all okay, the so plastic. Lo- yeah. The butt stock's a little bit longer. Yeah. The butt, which, which for me, I like, I like having a little bit longer length of pull. I'm sure. more, I'm a little bit more comfortable on with that. But I think that when you, when you, if, when I was shooting them and my impressions of them kind of like on a side by side thing is because I think you've got better ergonomics with the SIG, that mm. maybe it just, even though you... Easier to control. Yeah. And, uh, and it's real handy. I mean, I, I like how every, I like all the stuff about it. And, you know, you can always find stuff to complain about it. When they first came out with it, and mine is the, like the second gen. When they first came out with that rifle, what they did um, is they used... I guess in the magazine housing or whatever, they had an aluminum right, um, right. thing that the, that the, your mags clicked into, which right. what that meant was is that the, if you were using your steel mags, which was, which is what most people have, they, you know, almost everybody's got some steel mags, right? It was o- eating that over time. Yeah. It would eat it away. So eventually what they did on the second gen is they went in and they, they replaced it with a steel insert um, that's probably harder than the steel on the mags. And then they also had to do stuff with some, um, some of the internals of the fire control group with the springs and some of that type of stuff. And so they beefed them up because I think it was having, um, some failures to, uh, adequately cycle. So it was having some failures to eject. So they had to beef up some of that stuff to where it could really right. get in there and kind of rip them out. And it had been, yeah, it had been having issues with steel cased ammo. Yeah, and all that. People were like, you know, why have a, yeah, why have a seven sixty by three nine if you can't shoot steel ammo? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, with mine, I had, and which I I only had maybe a couple of failures to eject and to feed, but I was using brand new Hungarian twenty round magazines, like the tanker mags. Right, right. And after I ran um, two or three mags through with those, they disappeared. Although, mm. so I've I haven't had any problems since. Now, you know, with any gun, there's always the potential for problems. But sure, um, you know, nothing is ever going to run flawlessly. I think sometimes people have kind of unrealistic expectations um, because they believe the hype and some of the BS that they see on YouTube with a guy saying, you know, I've got my Glock 17 and I've shot 15 million rounds through it and I've never cleaned it and I filled it full of cement and boy, it just keeps running. It's like, ah, come on, man. You know, so, but you know, everything breaks eventually. Yep. Um, you know, springs wear out stuff, you know, and it could be too. It could be even just the ammo sometimes. Well, maybe you got, you know, some ammo that was out of spec. Yep. You know, if you'll take uh, just a regular box of ammo and I did this once when I was starting off reloading um, and you weigh them all, they're different. Not by a lot, but they're different. And if you measure them, they're different. Not by a lot, but they're, you know, 
and this is that's and that's on factory stuff. Right. So let's see. Oh, what are you doing AR fifteen wise? Are you doing much with them, or have you? Uh, well, I've got the so. Right now, I'll have two ARs. Ones are basically M4. Yeah. You know, configuration. It's a 16-inch M4. And it's actually, I mean, it's damn near quite like, you know, military version stock. Yeah. Um, uh, the only thing different about it is it's got one of the plastic lowers. Oh, okay. Um, I bought one of the lowers that joe bob outfitters stocks yeah yeah the, um oh hell my wife took the key to the the safe so i can't get it out <laughs> whatever they uh whatever they um sell i can't remember the manufacturer but it's not plum crazy plum crazy was the one a few people had some problems with those cracking yeah um this other company uses a little bit different polymer that's a little bit like i don't want to say beefier because you can't really make it larger but it's it's a little bit more durable yeah the chemical makeup of it's going to be a little bit different so they've got their, yeah their formula so, uh, yeah it's i don't know i forget what percentage they quote you know it being stronger than yeah the pl- plum grazy ones but it's i mean with this just with iron, nothing but iron sights on it, it's this thing is crazy light. I mean, it's like M1 carbine light. Hmm. And uh, I'm thinking actually doing a few things else to lighten it up even more. So it's like, I think it's only four and a half, or I'm sorry, five and a half pounds. And I'm, I might consider doing some things to lighten it up even more. Yeah. Um, like I've been thinking about getting a, if I can find one, I've been thinking about getting a 14 and a half inch mid-length gas system barrel. Okay. And then put that in there and then just put it, you know, with a low profile gas block and then getting one of Midwest Industries key mod uh, handguards that will go like over the gas block so I can put the your site, I can put a, just a flip up site. Yeah. Yeah. Out, you know, a little further. And those, their, their handguards are crazy light. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to, I mean, basically it's almost perfect the way it is other than it's not free floated, but, um, that same rifle is the one cause it's a, it's a, uh, stag arms upper M4 upper. And I forget what they, what number they give it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But on a different lower that was a regular, not that the lower makes a huge difference, but uh, I've shot that rifle out to 400 yards, you know, putting 10 out of 10 rounds onto an army qualification target Mm, at 400 yards. All right. So it's it's decent. Um, so that's our that's our five five six weapon. The other one is the six point five Grendel AR, and I have it can kind of configured more like a uh, a Mark twelve, you know, sort of. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The uh, the special purpose rifle. Yeah. That the Navy came up with. So it's basically a squad designated marksman. In configuration, but I've got no scope on it, nothing. It's sort of a project that's dead in the water at the moment. <laughs> Just because I've been broke, like for last year, we've been pretty broke. So I haven't been able to buy a scope for it. It does have a feed issue, which I'm not sure what's going on, if it's the mags or how I put the upper together. Um, but it definitely has a major feed issue mm, okay. where, um, where it's not. And I know it's got M4 ramps, so uh, I would think that would help. But it's not when it's stripping that round off the magazine. Uh-huh. It's not really going in real straight. 
Mm, okay, so it, it's it's ejecting and everything fine. Yeah, it seems to eject okay. But it's having problems shooting it back in there. Yeah, it's having problems feeding it. So huh. I figure, I don't know, I was going to, I was right at the part of, or at the point of um, tearing it apart and selling the parts. Yeah. Because I didn't want somebody else to have to deal with the feed issue. Yeah. But I figured somebody would buy the barrel and bolt, you know, and I could sell the handguard separately. Yeah. It almost makes it easier to sell it that way. Uh, but then, you know, I, I was relating this to a friend um, at sort of a, a get-together, another firearms guy, and Kim overheard me. <laughs> and she was like, I would just keep it. You know, you're going to be in... You know, at the gunsmithing school soon. Yeah. You know, you're going to be building all the rifles you want. Just keep it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and sure, I think part of her idea or my reading into that is, you know, you'll be able to fix it and do whatever you want with it. Yeah, especially once you go, you know, because it may be a thing where you're like, oh, well, this one little thing is just out of spec here a little bit. And if I file it or if I do this or if I round it. Oh, yeah, back, totally. Or, I mean, yeah. it could even, it could even be the bolt itself. Yeah, you know, one person pointed that out to me. So I just have to figure out, you know, what that minor issue is, and then it'll run fine. I, and it shoots like a dream. Yeah, I've only shot it out to 500 meters, which was 550 yards. Yeah, and then you, uh, yeah. but man, it shoots like a laser. Huh. Well, you wonder too, because sometimes they say, like, a lot of times. They'll say like, oh, it's overgassed or it's undergassed, and so it's maybe it's not getting a full cycle to where it's really coming back, or maybe the buffer tube can, uh, not the buffer tube, the uh, the actual buffer can be, you know, too heavy or too light, you know. So there's so many different yeah. little things, and that's you know, with my rifle that I'm, um, I think I talked about it on the last show. I'm basically waiting on uh, two parts. I want to get the was it Bravo Company? Um, yeah. Their 15-inch key mod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, of course, I think they only ordered X amount for their first initial run, which mm-hmm. would make sense. Um, and now they're out of stock. So I've got – I actually emailed under Armed Ape and emailed under um, Firearms Cafe to uh, – so I, that way if I miss one, I get it to email me when it comes in. Sure. And I've got the money saved for that. And okay. then I'm looking at getting, and I, then I, the only thing I have left to get after that will be the actual bolt carrier group. Okay. Um, and there is a, there's a guy out in California um, who seems to kind of know what he's talking about. And he really, he's one of the very few people that I've seen that have come on and have talked about it in a way to where like, you know how you can, when you, when you see somebody who's talking about something, you kind of can tell, Oh, okay. That guy, so he, everything he says sort of makes sense and is logical. And you kind of know, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. That's how uh, he, he's got a video out where he talks about, it's about a 20, 25 minute video where he talks about basically just a bolt carrier group and how it works and what it does. And he goes through all the specs and he goes through, well, if you have this problem, it can be because of this. And if you have this problem, it can be because of that. And a lot of people will, uh, you know, use an O-ring here instead of the, the actual, uh, I don't know if the plunger or whatever the right word for it, you know, on the extractor. And if you're doing that, that's because the cam out's not, you know, so he was going and I, everything he was saying, I'm like, Oh, okay. And he, he explains it, and it's a lot of kind of technical jargon, but the way he talks about it, you, it's, it makes everything make sense. Um, and he sells some that are nickel, what is it, nickel the boron? Nickel, nickel boron yeah. coated. Yeah. And, but what he does is he, he goes through, so he's probably getting it from you know the same manufacturer that everybody else gets it from, you know, like how Stag used to make the parts for everybody. Or for, sure. for a lot of the different rifles. So what he does is he goes through and then he measures everything. So he 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 uh, knows what the cam out is on the on the extractor. He knows which uh, like on the uh, you know the gas rings on the actual bolt. 
mm-hmm. said they're directional, which I didn't know. Oh yeah. And you know, he says you, you can feel on the edge. One of them has kind of a knife edge and one of them has kind of like a smooth edge. And so, you, you know, every, and he says, you know, if you do a bunch of this stuff wrong, one or two things, isn't that big a deal. But once you start stacking the stuff, it, um, it can add up. I'm going to try and get him on the show cause I'd like to have him sort of talk about some stuff, but, oh, that'd be cool. um, and, uh, he, like I said, he seems to know what he's talking about and he's waiting just to get his FFL license, I think right now. Um, and I think he'll be willing to come on. He's got, you know, he's got nothing to lose, but, but anyway, I was thinking about getting one from him because he will make sure that everything is within spec. And the other one I was looking at was Leitner Weiss makes one. Yeah. And they make a, they have a nickel boron one and then they have another one that's some other coating. And off right off the top of my head, I can't recall he's actually what going the coating is. Specifically to that because he's gonna he he's uh it, <clears throat> excuse me, ending his um the nickel boron coating. Uh because too many People expected it to be like a perfect uniform color, and we're returning them. Oh, and really? Oh, like, oh, the the Leitner Weiss guy. Yeah, yeah. Paul was Paul, like, yeah. "Fuck this." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you won. He's he's like the most non PC person yeah. in firearms. I think we're one of them. He's like, "Fuck you guys." <laughs> you know, like you can't expect them to be perfect. These aren't even. Uh, blemishes you know like it just comes out that way yeah uh so he's going i'm trying to find that on his website right now um black they're black nitride yeah okay yeah I, I which just... basically is this is the same coating as you have on your glock slide oh okay um so it's just a really nice hard very what am I trying to think of? Um, wear resistant. Yeah, and I, I know whatever. that that a lot of times, you know, when you when you talk coatings, it's just you know it's in, within the thousands of stuff. But supposedly, it's like a real as far as coatings go, yeah. it's real thick, so it's going to yep. wear you know for quite a long time. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was looking in between, basically in between that one from uh from paul and then the, from this other guy yeah um and the only reason i was thinking about maybe going uh and i think his name is dustin i could be wrong but th- the only reason i was thinking about going with his is because he'll make sure that everything is in is in spec um, right and you know of course I, I i'm sure they both stand behind stuff but um now this dustin guy also does a thing where you can take your upper and you can send it to him and what he'll do is he'll he'll machine the front so that everything is perfectly square. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so again, that, you know, it's, it's just you, you, you're making sure that you're, you're, uh, reducing any like stacking of problems. Right. Yeah. Um, stacking of tolerances. I, I liked how you were talking about that on the last show. Yeah. Actually. And, and that's what I'm really looking forward to. And I think I'm going to learn in this program I'm wanting to go to. Yeah, and I mean, I think once you're in there, and and this Dustin guy, what he did is he started out, because I saw another video with him where he was talking kind of about his background. He started out kind of, I think more almost as a hobbyist, where he's like, oh, they're offering this, um, you know, uh, three-week course or whatever it was at the community college on right. on the AR-15. And so he went and took that, and then he's like, oh, wow. And then he took these other classes and other classes and other classes. So, right, you know, he kind of built up that way. But I mean, if I'll actually be going to a three-year program. Yeah, I mean, so you're going to learn just tons and tons and tons. And uh, right, I'm just kind of like the main problem I have, or like what my I uh, massively or uh, just kind of brain fuck is like, what do I want my niche to be? You know? Yeah. Because yeah. it's help, real helpful if you like pick a you know a niche to stick to and like get really really good at that that yeah. particular thing. But man, I have I tell you, my interest in firearms is all over the place. 
You know, it's it's funny. It's, it's kind of how most of us are. Even guns that you said like, ah, eh, you know, I'd never really own that or I'd never do this or that. But, you know, it's fun to look at them and it's fun, you know, if you ever got the opportunity to just shoot them or, yeah. or anything like that. You know, I think most of us that are, consider ourselves kind of like gun people are kind of like that to where we're just like, yeah, you know, that's if you kind of like one, you kind of like them all. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. You know. Matter of fact, during my interview for the program, they asked me what my favorite firearm was. And I'm like, how can I even answer that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're like, you know, better question is, which one is it today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I ended up telling them, you know, and it's still true today. Like, I'm still super fascinated with firearms from about... 1880 to 1920. Yeah. I'm really just, I don't know what, what in the last years flipped my brain into being really interested into, to that period. But I still think that's my main interest and that might end up being my focus, Mm. but I'm, I'll probably, I imagine I'll, I'll do some AR and Glock and that kind of stuff too you know, modern firearms. Yeah. Oh, kind of getting back to the, to the, um, like the modern firearms thing. When you said that, it kind of popped into my head too. You know, there's Robar industries that has all their coatings that they do on stuff. Yep. Yep. And, and they're they, in Phoenix, right? Yeah. They're, they're local here. I actually met him. He wouldn't remember me from Adam, but I met the guy that runs it. Mm-hmm. Um, and talked to him. I think it was at an NRA show or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, but I talked to him for a while and he was, you know, seemed like a pretty decent dude. Um, but they have a thing where you can send your bolt into them and they'll, they'll completely disassemble it, uh, and then code it and then send it back to you, you know, reassemble it and send it back to you. Right. Now I don't, I can't remember how much that costs, but you know, so there are options like that too. Um, so I don't know. I like I said, part of the. I mean, I could I could go ahead and and buy the bolt carrier group now, yeah. but I just don't. I haven't re- kind of pulled the trigger on the final one yet. Yeah, I I know if I was like putting together something, I pretty sure I would be super happy with a a Letner Wise. Yeah. Uh, and the one I wanted was the was the black one. Was that black nitrite? Yeah. And I, I really like some of the things he's done with it as far as, like, even the um, – oh, shit, I can't remember the name of that pin. Uh, the cam pin. Oh, yeah, with the arrow, the he direction. Marked dirt. Yeah. yeah, that's super neat. Yeah. You know? And uh, even the one that uh, comes with the black one, black carrier group, the black nitrided. Yeah. Even – he still includes uh, a nickel boron coated um, cam pin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although he might be getting rid of those because he has those on sale for 12 bucks. Uh, whereas the whole group is 190 Yeah. Um, and then he's, but then he's got the actual bolt, like the black nitride bolt, if you wanted to get that for like 90 bucks, And then. Right, right. You know, if you wanted to maybe change things out here and there. Um, and then he's got the, uh, what I liked, I just thought it looked kind of neat, was the firing pin retainer yep, yep. deal that he that, got. Which, um, so and, and the buffer uh, retainer pin. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I really like his design on that. Yeah. It's funny on his, I'm looking at the website, it says heavy duty buffer retainer, $300. And then it's like got that crossed yeah, out. 15 bucks. <laughs> it says 15 <laughs> So I'm sure that was probably a, maybe at one point it was 30 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> one thing kind of, I know we're kind of all over the place, but one thing, cause I'm on his website, I wish it wasn't so much money, but he's got that fluid sling mount. And I saw him talking about yeah. that and it, it actually looks pretty neat. Um, but, but again, for the amount of money, I just, cause it's a hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's kind of neat in that it, pivots and it's got the the uh, it's just the hole for your your uh push button yeah 
thing. That is really cool. Uh, and then that way it just sort of rotates and, and, you know, if you're making transitions on the shoulder and stuff like that, not that I'm going to, you know, be doing that tons and ton, but if you're at a carving class or something like that, sure. yeah, you're, you know, you're going to be doing that. So totally. Well, Hey, we've been jibber jabbing for a while. So I tell you what, I'm going to let you go. We'll, we'll draw this segment of the show to a close. Thanks for coming on. And, uh, want to remind people to go over and check out, uh, modern rifleman radio, uh, with you and Brian, and also you're kind of like me with the armed ape. We have great plans of, of re, re reviving our other podcasts, but they just kind of are languishing right now. Um, <laughs> but Ken does also have um, several past episodes of the Rimfire podcast, which are still available on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. So, anything else you want to say to the to the good people that are listening? Sorry if I dropped too many f bombs. I don't <laughs> usually do that on my show. I've got. Uh, you know, on the, on the, I've got explicit on mine. So I've, and like I said, I'm not part of any, um, Oh, that's right. Okay. Any, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Any, um, network or anything like that. And, uh, I, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not too concerned with language and stuff like that. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that's, like I said, that's going to wrap up our segment and I'll talk to you next time, Ken. All right. PD Tony.